This is the Blue Moon Podcast. Coming up, we've got all the news and views from Manchester City's week. Get involved with the debate by tweeting at Blue Moon Podcast and check out exclusive interviews on bluemoonpodcast.com. It's your club and this is your show. Well, I think that's what's known in the trade as a right turn up for the books. It's Monday 13th of July 2020 and Manchester City have just heard that their two-year ban from UEFA competition for alleged breaches of financial fair play has been overturned by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. The cast ruling states that Manchester City FC did not disguise equity funding and sponsorship contributions but did fail to cooperate with the UEFA authorities. Exclusion from participation in UEFA club competitions has been lifted but City will still pay a fine of €10 million. So what does this mean for City's future? Where does it leave financial fair play? And how should City's fans feel about the decision? I'm Dan Burke, and to answer all of those questions and more in this special edition of the Blue Moon Podcast, I'm joined by a solid blue in Kieran Murray. Blue. And from the Manchester Evening News, it's Simon Bykowski. Hello. Lads, I'm feeling a whole plethora of emotions right now, but I'll start with you, Kieran. How did you feel when you heard the news? Oh, it was absolutely buzzing, Dan. Sort of risen up this morning and I'm not quite come down yet. <laughs> uh, I'm on my third in journalist salty tears here, so uh, it's all going down really well. <laughs> Did you, I mean, were you a bit worried that it wasn't going to be a positive outcome? Um, I wasn't worried for the past couple of months at all. I've barely thought about it. I've sort of actively avoided reading up on it and <laughs> because it was all financial jobs and stuff and uh, legal stuff and, and as soon as that kind of hits me I, I, I lose interest and don't understand it um, but then in the past 24 hours it really started to hit home and I really started to worry about it <laughs> it, was, it was so much bravado and City fans being City fans you know and um, put us back to League One it'll be a bit of crack like but um, <laughs> just in the past 24 hours, I was, I was breaking and thinking, no, what if this actually happens? We're a bit screwed. <laughs> um, so to, to wake up this morning and to be sort of feeling the nervous buzz of, the, uh, of my Twitter timeline and then for the news to come in, it's just such a weight off my shoulders and, and you know, all feels right in the world again momentarily. I mean, once, once we kind of, the adrenaline runs off, you realise how kind of, corrupt and cesspit like it all is but at the moment i'm just gonna i'm just gonna dine out on it for a while yeah my heart was racing in those moments leading up to the announcement being made i was on the cast website refreshing it like crazy (laughs) and um and then when it did come through the decision the the website crashed so you couldn't sort of look at at what happened on my twitter um simon did you expect this to happen or were you expecting the ban to be upheld um I I wasn't expecting two years to be upheld, um, but I wasn't expecting a verdict as good as this for City. Really, um, you know, not only have they been cleared of the the, not only do they not have a two year ban, but also the fine that they had has been reduced from thirty to ten million. The fine is basically for not cooperating with UEFA. Um, so basically, everything that UEFA threw at them none of it has stuck mm. um you know because you were we were sort of expecting maybe there would be a way in which both sides could claim a kind of victory from this but uefa have had the pants pulled down really um <laughs> and this stuff about um the claims either being not established or time barred makes you question kind of how they came to the decision in the first place and also 
why they made the decision to to go to to cast with it because a, a lot was made um you know around the hearing about why city didn't try and settle and why city didn't try and sort of do anything that would ex that would uh, kind of move away from a decision that would make them look bad um but it's hard to see how UEFA come out of this looking very good at all yeah, there was a tweet from Rob Dawson who uh, on, who was saying that that basically um, City was so confident of their own case that they basically um, didn't uh, accept an offer from UEFA to have the sentence reduced a few months ago. So it's 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 right. Yeah, it, it's crazy how confident they've been o- over it all. Really, it, it gave me a lot of hope, <laughs> but also a lot of fear that if if you know yeah. if it didn't come out like this, then then they would have been made to look rather stupid. Why have they still been fined ten million euro then, Simon? What's your understanding of that? Uh, so they've still been fined uh, 10 million because they um, did not play by UEFA's rules. Basically, when UEFA were trying to investigate, um, City did not cooperate. Um, City said they did cooperate, um, but Cass have obviously deemed that um, they didn't. And because FFP is still seen as important and because City could have cooperated because they've quite clearly got the evidence that shows that they didn't break any important rules um, they have been fined 10 million but that 10 million has been reduced from 30 like mm. I say so 10 million euros for City is you know not a huge amount of money they've probably spent more on like a 15 year old Portuguese right back so <laughs> it, it, it's a trifling amount of money for them. Yeah, I saw a theory from someone on Twitter suggesting that City and UEFA would have been informed of this, the decision as early as last Wednesday, um, after before and after the, the Brighton game. Pep Guardiola reiterated that he was confident of a positive outcome. Do you think he knew, Kieran? Um, I think I would like to play poker with Pep Guardiola. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah, I think he knew rightly, didn't he? Um, there's a sort of glint in his eye when he's in a certain in a, in a in a certain mood, and I think he had that glint um, after Brighton when he was just we are so confident, we are so confident, and he just sort of kept going over and over. Um, you would like to have thought that Pep kind of had the confidence that the club kind of had, and you know, in the statements that they've been putting out in the past couple of months, uh, so. It seems that they knew something that UEFA didn't know, and and then uh, it seems <laughs> that they knew something we all didn't know from Wednesday onwards. So um, yeah, when he said when he said he was confident and he was all happy and he couldn't wait for the verdict, I think you could uh, you could sort of read between the lines a little bit there, couldn't you? Mm. I mean, I've had a theory all along that UEFA probably knew they didn't have enough evidence to enforce a two-year ban against City, but given the pressure they were under from other clubs following the football leaks allegations, they had to be seen to be trying to do something. Do you think I'm onto something there, Simon? Uh, I really don't know. It's it's um, the the two year was so strong. Um, it kind of came completely out of the blue and was, you know, the the only indication anyone had given before the verdict was announced was that City would be cleared. So two years was so strong. Um, it, it looks like they've overplayed the hand and this confidence that. City have had when you read the the statement from Cass, it reflects like has been said why City were so confident because that is 
is basic. It is, it, you know, it's been described to me by a, uh, a sports lawyer as UEFA for scoring an own goal, essentially. Yeah. So they've just overreached, and in doing that, they've been they've been made silly. And also, all those clubs, you know, every other top ten club apart from Sheffield United, who tried to make sure that City w- wouldn't be playing Champions League football next season by you know appealing the by delaying the the case even though City had said they wanted it um heard as soon as possible they all look even sillier now as well like it, it's hard to think how City could have come out of this looking better mm. there's lots of people on social media uh, and, and there will be many more I'm sure who are still convinced that City have cheated even now the ban has been dropped you know there's been people suggesting that they've paid off UEFA UEFA have bottled it you know a, a I think we all know that that's not the case because you know this has been this decision has been reached by an independent uh, council. Um, Kieran, how would you respond to those people on on social media? Do you think, apart from the Kylian Mbappe crying gif, <laughs> uh, probably the Cartman licking salty tears gif instead. <laughs> um, it's sort of shocking, but not at all surprising. Um, the exact kind of people you were expecting to get. Um, to get their arse knocked out of joint. Um, that's <laughs> Never heard that phrase before. <laughs> um, the exact sort of people you thought would moan and complain about it are the exact kind of people who are moaning and complaining about it. Um, I mean, th- it's the court of arbitration for sport uh, in, in Switzerland. Uh, how can you get more neutral? So um, they've they've gone to arbitrate between this issue and the, how on earth could people really truly, it's a bad faith uh, take, isn't it? Mm. Uh, that we've cheated or, or paid anybody off. Where do you think this leaves financial fair play, Simon? There's quite a few people, myself included, tweeting worse the effects of RIP FFP today. Do you think this is the end? Do you think you wave after sort of think about it now and, and perhaps restructure their rules? Um, from From what has been said, I, I'm sort of going to move away from an extreme and say it's not the end of FFP because essentially, you know, UEFA have fallen short because they've they've tried to sort of overreach something that was beyond their own rules. Um, and so if the rules are be policed promptly enough and correctly, then we might have a different decision. So going forward, as long as... UEFA acts, you know, qu- quickly enough and effectively enough, then it should be fine. But I mean, there are so many issues with FFP, and I'm, they will have, like you've mentioned, pressure from from the top clubs, um, and it, it's hard to see where they go from here because they will need to sort of significantly beef up the investigative unit. Um, if they want to sort of be able to clamp down on any FFP breaches. But, I mean, has, has anyone been able to show what FFP has been good for? No, not really. really. I mean, no. there, there is an argument that it stopped a load of clubs going bust, but uh, someone who knows far more on this than I suggested, like the causation and correlation, like that might not have been to do with FFP at all actually it might just have happened at the same time that ffp has been in place so there will be more questions now than ever over ffp but i'm not i'm not certain that this case 
necessarily sort of sounds the death knell for it, but UEFA will be under a hell of a lot of pressure now. Yeah, Cass aren't going to release the, the full details of, of how they came to their verdict for a few more days. Um, in the meantime, you know, there are still people out there who, who think that City have cheated and, and got off on a technicality. <laughs> Kieran, does that kind of thing bother you, that people are still, you know, that the, the mud is still stuck from the allegation alone? Um, no, but, you know, because it's sort of in black and white. The thing that was kind of bothering me were was the, the reputation thing, you know. I didn't like the idea that we were being called cheats. Yeah. Um, and I was I was feeling that that was really very much going to stick, you know, if we were found guilty on this. Um, at the minute, the only thing really that that rival fans have to beat us with is uh, this empty had bat banter. So maybe there was um, <laughs> maybe it would have been nice actually to have some different banter for once. But um, um. No, I think it was reputational was my uh, was my big concern, and I think that was the greatest risk to City. Really, um, I don't think even being expelled from the Champions League for two years would have done re- really that much damage. We we would have sat it out, and you know we would have had the kind of infrastructure and resources to get back there. Every club out of the big six, if you will, have been out of the Champions League in the past f- four years. City have been there nine years in a row. The second is Spurs four years in a row, and they're not even going to qualify this year. So, I mean, we would have been back there eventually. Uh, it's yeah, it's it was the reputation thing that I was most worried about. Please give us your backing. Patreon.com forward slash Blue Moon Podcast. There was some talk that if City had been found guilty, the Premier League were also going to investigate and a points deduction or possibly transfer ban could follow. Is it safe to assume that's not going to happen now, Simon? Because um, some people yeah, are talking about it on Twitter today, I've, I've noticed. Yeah, I'm, I'm chasing this up as we as we speak, really. But the, um, the Premier League have always kind of exercised caution. And uh, we, I spoke to um, them last last year and they were kind of saying they weren't taking the way for evidence as they weren't only using the ua for evidence but they were keen to sort of form their own investigation but then when the ua for uh when ua for issued this two-year ban they kind of said there's a lot of pressure on will the premier league now push them they were kind of said well we'll wait for cast because and it can't be stressed enough how definitive cast is seen mm. cast is seen as you know the the verdict. There's no point appealing. There's talk of an appeal. Even if you wait for appeal, they won't get anywhere because Cass are just, you know, the authority on this. Um, so the Premier League were waiting for Cass because they kind of said, you know, we would look silly if we waded in and said, oh yeah, we'll ban them too. And then Cass sided with, with City. It's that Guardiola line, what if we win? And they've won. Mm. So I think the fact that this verdict has come down on the side of City means you will be. Uh, it, it's far more unlikely that the Premier League will um, punish them. I, I can't rule it out definitively, but it, it massively increases the chances of of City sort of not facing any Premier League sanctions either. Yeah, I suppose the ironic thing about all this as well is that City have been fined 10 million euros. UEFA will have spent way more than that on actually pursuing the case <laughs> through the courts. And now they've come out short change from it all. So surely the Premier League would look at that and think it's just not worth it now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and someone pointed out, someone mentioned to me uh, this weekend, they were like, oh, well, you know, City will have, City will fancy the chances though because they've spent loads on lawyers. And it's like, yeah, but they're not alone in that. Like, UEFA haven't just sort of sent the work ex kid to, <laughs> to, to, to fight the case. Like, UEFA have put a lot of resource into this as well. And it's been decided by, uh, you know, a legal court that has every authority going. So, yeah, UEFA have put a lot in and have been battered. Yeah. Kieran, we're all in a good mood at the moment. Um, you know, when the dust settles on this, when when we sort of come down from this high, do you think City fans still have a duty to keep questioning the source of the club's money and how it links back to a country with a, frankly, terrible human rights record? Uh, yeah, no, we, we, we do. Uh, as you say, like, I've never seen my sort of Twitter timeline so in tandem. It's like a... <laughs> it's like a derby win today, you know. Uh, we've, we've, it's bigger we've than this, that, mate. Yeah, it is. We've we've clipped uh, the wings of a of a powerful European giant. It's a bit like a derby win, <laughs> um, but I mean, when the dust settles and we kind of go back to, to you know, and we kind of get this out of our system a little bit, we all do have a duty, and it's sad that so often kind of certain journalists and certain um, media organizations seem to attack and tar city fans with with one brush that we all kind of take the sheik's money and forget about what's kind of going on um where he comes from i think we can enjoy this brilliant day and this brilliant victory um but it is our duty we have to sort of think about it and and not be so willing to just accept all the good without thinking to ourselves you know, we can question, we can educate, we can debate, we can learn. And I, and I think we do have a responsibility to do that. Mm. I suppose as a wider point, I think football fans in general have a responsibility yeah. to kind of take a look at these things. You know, you know, you, you can't really sort of have, have Arsenal fans having a go at the sort of human rights situation in Abu Dhabi when they play at the Emirates Stadium and, uh, you know, all other clubs who, who have money coming from, from that part of the world and other dubious sources. Um, it's, I've always said that with, with this sort of financial fair play stuff, let's have a look at everybody's emails. Let's see what everyone's up to because I bet you yeah. find all sorts of murky stuff going on. Do you think you'll absolutely? Still, well, still Pep, Pep said that about Barcelona, didn't he? He said uh, to the Barcelona owner, "I don't think he should talk so loud." Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Will you still boo the Champions League anthem after this? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely louder. <laughs> there's a there's a bit of talk, isn't there, as to whether they'll uh, play some canned booing for the the Real Madrid game. Oh, I hope they do. That will be wonderful. <laughs> that will be wonderful. <laughs> Simon, were, were you surprised at all by how this story was handled by some people in the media? I'm not expecting you to name names, obviously, but you know there was lots of journalists out there who were reporting all along as if City were definitely guilty before the case had even been heard by by Cass. And I found it kind of strange and, and like disingenuous to sort of rush to judgment before it had been properly resolved. Yeah, I think um, uh, I would say that you sort of you. When UEFA find them guilty, you have to view them guilty. But I think there were quite a few things written in the immediate aftermath kind of played up to sort of opinions already made on City as a club and played into this idea that City have um, cheated the way to success, basically. Mm. Um, I kind of remember Guardiola being asked if, you know, think their achievements now felt tainted and... I'm sure he said sort of when he was at Bayern, everyone kind of assumed City were tainted anyway. 
Um, so, I mean, you don't expect such a decision from UEFA to be so wrong. Um, like it, it's a it's a significant decision from Cass to to overturn that ban. But I, I kind of more think it's just down to the maybe I don't want to speak for other people but I can say that not really until um, football was paused in March did I really have the chance to kind of speak to all of the kind of legal people and everyone who would know more about CAS and these kind of decisions and the legal arguments that I, I would like to be able to confidently write about it um, and I think that, it, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, UEFA have made this decision, so City are guilty. And we all knew it anyway. What a terrible club. Um, and, you know, the reputational damage that City got from that will not be uh, as easy to come back from. And it's just that not being so quick to to judge, I would say. And as, I don't know, I'm not one for strong opinions so maybe I'm not the right person to be uh, for this kind of thing but I just think that there is no danger whatsoever in not like uh, overplaying your hand and sort of being stronger when you don't really know the full circumstances around it. We know so little about this case still like we didn't know the evidence that you were presented we didn't know exactly what they were accused of so when you don't know that all the details it is no reflection on you to not make these sweeping conclusions so mm. i think you know anyone that that did um should not have done yeah that's it i think i mean the nature of twitter is that you know it demands that everyone has a has an instantaneous take on everything but i'm seeing so much stuff from people now when you sort of reading it and you think you don't have any understanding of the case that you're talking about you know a lot of us don't really it's not being a football fan shouldn't mean that you have to have you know in-depth knowledge of the ins and outs of yeah. legal proceedings and all this kind of stuff. But you still, I'm still seeing stuff from people who should know better, really. And I, I just think, yeah, people should think a bit, little bit more about what they're saying. Sometimes it's okay not to tweet, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And if you are going to tweet, do <laughs> yeah. like Ian Cheeseman and be right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cheeseman. <laughs> Shout out yeah, to Cheesy. I, Ian Cheeseman. Trevor Sinclair and Sean Gota revealing the cast verdict will go down in history. Yeah. There's, your, there's your statue outside the Etihad Stadium right there. <laughs> Kieran, I mean, in light of, of, of the, the sort of flack that City fans and, and the club have taken um, in, over the past few months, do you feel that we have a right to kind of glow or at least feel a bit vindicated today? Absolutely. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'm loving it. Um, Loving every second of it. I, I, every single Mbappe crying gif that I've seen off friends um, has just been completely vindicated, and we are we are entitled to enjoy this day. It's been a it's sort of a mix of a season, hasn't it? There's apart from the Carabao, which was wonderful, of course. Um, we haven't really had an awful lot to um, to celebrate or to gloat about, and then suddenly this off the pitch issue. Um, which has kind of been threatening to drag City into the mire since we got to the Champions League. Um, it, this this feels like a, a red letter day where we can um, where we can celebrate a little bit and go right. You know, we've been taken on by this massive, massive establishment that's never really treated us like one of its own, and we've mm. beat it. Um, 
so yeah, no, I think we've got to totally a right to enjoy it. I mean, things are going to be written, and I'm sure, and it's a funny one actually. And you've just touched upon it there, like, um, what was it? The tweet from a Guardian journalist saying they'll be dancing on the streets of money. Yeah, I mean, goodness me, from a blue tech account to <laughs> be tweeting such absolute shite, like, but. <laughs> That that comes with it, you know. There's an inference there. There's a there's a sort of accusatory tone in that mm. that we've that we've paid them off. And this is an this is a professional blue tick who's who's tweeting this about us. So, you know, if he gets lots of flack or gets lots of quote tweets or gets people attacking him and jumping on that, because we're in, we're in gloaty a gloaty celebratory mood at the moment. So, um, lots of these tweets are in bad faith. So I think City are loving every second of it because at the end of the day, bottom line is at half nine this morning, we won. Yeah. And, and given how make or break this felt for City, you know, it really felt like it could be, you know, City being knocked off the top table effectively if, if they hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, won this won this case. How confident are you now that the club can bounce back and win the title next season and, you know, challenge for the Champions League again next season, buy the players that they need to buy over the summer and that kind of thing? Um. Well... RIP FFP. So um, if we're not going on a splurge this summer, I'll be disappointed. Um, no, I, you know, like how confident am I that we can win the title? It's. I think we've been playing okay recently again. Um, Pep's obviously looking to the future. This weight has been lifted off our shoulders. Um, we we are always kind of going to be, you'd imagine, touch wood in the next few years, there or thereabouts in terms of challenging. Um, a few things, if we've got Laporte back, the Sane stuff's um, out of the way now as well. It feels as if we've now got a little bit of a clear path again uh, and we can see the wood for the trees a little bit better. So, yeah, I'd, I'm really hopeful for the future. It just feels like another kind of, another little bit of, nonsense has been erased from from us for a while and we can kind of we can start to look forward and plan for the future spend some money again might be nice too yeah we've probably all by now seen the selfie that was posted on manel as the artist instagram account of guardiola and the, the board of directors um looking very pleased with themselves in front of the sky sports news t on tv wasn't it <laughs> um does that give you any indication simon that perhaps pep guardiola could extend his contracts um, I, I don't think it does. Sorry to be a party people. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, what I have said is that um, he will never get it any better than he has at City. You know, everything is set up yeah. for for him and for him to thrive. So if he comes to the end of next season and uh, decides that, yeah, he's still got more to give and more challenge, then you certainly couldn't rule out him extending his contract. Um you know, uh, and the fact that they're still in the Champions League can only be be good news for him. And what about this season's Champions League, Kieran? Do you think it takes the pressure off City a little bit now to, to go and win uh, it, given, given that it's not going to be our last one for a while? And in fact, are you, oh, are you still yeah. desperate to win it this year? Or would it be better for us to win our first one at a later date when fans are back in stadiums? You know, the Champions League has been played in its proper format with two-legged ties, etc. Um. That's a really good question, Dan. Um, I don't feel that I am. I think I was definitely desperate, more desperate. I've never been desperate to win it, really. I don't. I don't know if that's just me, but um, I felt more desperate knowing that we might not have been part of the competition next year. So we kind of had to quickly kind of shore that up mm. before the two years, you know, in in the wilderness, really. Um, 
So I don't think it changes. I hope that they'll still feel the pressure of it, and I hope it'll still feel that you know there'll be an extra sort of bonus point for us if we win it this year. Um, the fact that this was the year that they tried to take us on and lost, it would just be extra doubly sweet <laughs> to win it this year. You know, in light of all the, the coronavirus stuff and all this kind of madness that's been surrounding us, um, and in light of not a, not a great season domestically, well, in t- sorry, just in the league, really. Um, yeah, no, it, it would be it would be definitely nice to win it. But no, I, I totally take your point about getting the fans back and, you know, win it and win it and in front of... Um, in front of the blues although do you know what we're only gonna we're only gonna turn up and boo anyway aren't we so this might be the, just throw everything at winning it in lisbon this year and never worry about it again pay the kids from now on yeah maybe it's the euphoria talking here but maybe we can win it this year and next year why not eh? yeah. <laughs> i mean that's the thing isn't it you, you're touching it there we've had like you know a bad season on the pitch well not not a great season on the pitch and a bad season off the pitch it could still end up being one of the best seasons in the club's history if they go in and win the Champions League in the FA Cup now it's it's bizarre how, how yeah. it all turns around so quickly yeah today just feels great doesn't it yeah like, this is the start of something and Simon assuming the guarantee of Champions League football means City won't have problems attracting players now what's the minimum you expect them to do in the transfer window this summer um I think a centre-back is is huge and that is I don't want to sound too optimistic but I feel like a quality centre-back, a partner for Laporte, will pretty much see them there. Um, I mean, they they maybe need a Sane replacement in the sense that Foden can't replace Sane and Silva. Although every time you watch Foden, you sort of think, yeah, he can do absolutely anything he wants, really. Um, <laughs> and left-back, left-back, right-back, do they get another full-back to kind of cover for Mendy and Cancelo? Um Perhaps, but you sort of, I mean, you look at them since the restart and they've been really, really good. And I think Rodri is getting better all the time at that midfield role. Fernandinho's around for another year and uh, Guardiola's kind of said that, yeah, he can play midfield now that they've got Garcia and Laporte. So one quality centre-back, I would kind of think they'll be favourites for everything again next season. Do you agree with that, Kieran? Just one centre back needed, or would you like to see a few more players coming in? Um, I I agree with what Simon's saying, um, but I also would like to see more players coming in. <laughs> um, it, it's it just feels a little bit like um, you talked earlier on, Dan, about the future. It would just be nice to kind of kick on that way. Uh, it's been question marks over. Do we need another striker? I've heard kind of conversations about that in the week. Um, you know, as Jesus sort of up to it, would it be nice to bed in another striker, you know, to cover and for Aguero's kind of imminent departure in the next in the next couple of seasons. Um, and yeah, I would like to I would like to see maybe just some fresh new faces, whether that come whether that's with Bra from the academy and you know, uh, blooding in a few youngsters, or whether it means you know going out and spending because we've almost it seems got license to do so after this morning hmm. um so yeah but if if all we got in the summer was one good quality center back i would i'd be more than happy i would take that 
Yeah, that's interesting. Actually. Do you think, Simon, the downside of today's verdict is that you know the academy perhaps won't be uh, used in the way that it might have been had they been had restrictions on the, the players they were able to sign? Um, perhaps, but I kind of think Guardiola uh, into these decisions is always um, complicated because he just does what he wants regardless, <laughs> and he's yeah. said and, and done many times that he'll give chances to kids when they deserve them and not for any other reason. And, you know, we've seen him name six subs at Burnley rather than name another a youngster on the bench. So he will do what he wants. I think um, Doyle and Howard Bellis are kind of more into the setup now, and especially if the 20-man matchday squad stays. Um, yeah. Very encouraging, I think, that um, Jaden Braff was brought back early. Um, after first being told that he won't be won't be back until July and didn't know where he'd be training, you know they kind of made that decision after Sane was confirmed to bring Braff back. So you know he's still got a long way to go to impress, but that is that will keep Braff happy uh, for now. I think so. You know the the as much as they've not played too many youngsters, um, I think they're in a pretty good position and they can point to. To certainly Howard Bellis and, and Doyle but also Braff to say there are those kind of shoots there for the future and finally Kieran a question from Bob Toole on Twitter for you has the Manchester City agenda finally been combated <laughs> <laughs> yes Bob um, we're some way towards it uh, I thought really with that verdict this morning that it had been combated and then just seeing some serious blue bashing still going on so we've got a little bit of a way to go but um we're the boys to do it <laughs> well that's all for this special edition of the blue moon podcast and i think it's time for a small celebration i've been dan burke and thanks to my two guests akira murray blue and to simon bykovsky thank you very much david mooney will be back later in the week with a proper episode of the podcast and in the meantime stay safe and enjoy the few was the blue moon podcast please support the show patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast